Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. It is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshy commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. This needs some explaining, so hang with me here. For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, according to the Psalms. For on one hand, there, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there's a bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Now, uh, it takes some explaining in here. Now, of course, if you have a, 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 a paraphrase, sometimes that makes it a little bit easier. But first of all, I want to point out to you back in verse 15, it says something about another priest or another law. Look at verse 15. Uh, yet it becomes far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest. In the Greek, this word another doesn't just mean, mean an additional one. It means a different, of a different kind, a replacement of the old order with a new. It means a different one. We're going to change gear. We're going to change light bulbs, folks, okay? It's a replacement of the former. And why? Why do you need to replace the law, the old covenant? Why do we need to replace all these things? Look at verse 18 again. It says, for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because, look closely, of its weakness and unprofitableness. How do you dare say that about the Bible? How do you dare say that about the law of God? I challenge you sometimes just to read carefully through the Old Testament and try to keep the Old Testament law. Try to keep all the rules of the Torah, all the ordinances, all of the sacrifices, all of the feasts. Try to keep it all perfectly and figure out how to do that because you will be overwhelmed. And, but don't worry about it because you know what it says here in this verse? The reason, one of the reasons it's been replaced is because of its weakness and unprofitableness. As a matter of fact, listen again how it's worded in the New Living Translation. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. And we got a much better, matter of fact, that's how it ends up when we get to the end of the verse 19. It says, we have a better hope through which we draw near to God. We got a better deal, folks. So, because it was weak and useless, and I'll, let me read it on in the New Living Translation. For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Folks, if you pay attention and you read your Bible from beginning to end, by the time you get to the New Testament, you go, oh, 
Thank God for Jesus. A better deal, something I could live with, something I can do, because it doesn't depend upon me. It depends upon what He did for me, and it depends upon just me trusting Him. It's by faith, by grace, through faith, that I'm saved. Trusting Jesus to save me. I'm so grateful for that. Okay? Because why? The old system, according to New Living, says it was weak and useless. And it never made anything perfect. So by the way, if you do want to go back and do all that stuff, you could do it for fun if you want. And you could do it for, you know, to study it. But it's not going to make you perfect. Because the Bible says it never made anyone or anything perfect. All right, we're going to move. We're moving fast. Verse 20. Inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become uh, priests without an oath. As a matter of fact, let's speak about the Levitical priesthood. But he with an oath, by whom, by him who said, The Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Of course, quoting that promise from David, speaking about a priest who is to come, speaking about the coming Messiah. And he goes on to say in verse 22, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Folks, we got a better deal. And I'm really grateful that I didn't live in the Old Testament because I would probably be constantly frustrated in that day. I'm grateful I live in the day of grace and the dispensation of grace where I could trust God that he did it all for me. There's one sacrifice for all time on the cross, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And I'm just grateful. My job is to just rest in him and trust in him and enjoy his presence. Now, all the priests, what it's saying in verse 20 through 22, is all the high priests of the Old Testament became high priests merely because they were born in the right family. They were born as descendants of Aaron and the, the Levitical priesthood. It was all lineage. As a matter of fact, because of that, if you know your Bible, many of the high priests, I mean the high priests, not just the priests, some of the high priests were wicked and corrupt because they, they were of the right lineage, but their character was wrong. But see, that's what makes Jesus special. Well, there's a lot of things that make Jesus special. Is that he's our high priest on the basis not of mere lineage, but on his personal character and, according to this text, according to God's oath that nobody saw it coming back from the Old Testament when David promised that oath that is quoted here. So here's your next fill-in. Your next fill-in is Christ's heavenly priesthood was established on the basis of his character. There's several fill-ins here, so the first word is character. His character. Next is the oath of God. His character, the oath of God. And next is his work on the cross. And I give you some verses to look up, maybe in your growth groups or maybe just home. Personally studying it, you could look up those verses. But the reason why Jesus is high priest is it isn't because he just happened to be born of a descendant of Levi. But his character, the oath of God, God promised it years ago and he finished it. He paid it all on the cross, his work on the cross. And you know, there's been many promises, if you study your Bible, there's many promises that God has made in the past that were conditional. It depends upon if you do this, I'll do that. There are many promises in the scripture that depend upon obedience. If you obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, I will curse you. You'll read, you'll find them all throughout the Old Testament. But this promise, this oath 
that God the Father gives towards God the Son is a permanent priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek and it was sworn by an oath from God's own mouth. And that would be an unchangeable and sure guarantee of what we call a surety. Listen to verse 21 in the New Living Translation. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. I like that. He won't break his vow. There are some promises that are conditional. But this is a promise in the, in the Bible that we're told. God made a promise. He's not going to break his vow. As a matter of fact, the way the NIV puts it is, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. That's good to know that God doesn't change his mind, right? Uh, you are a priest forever. I like that. So, folks, don't look for the next big thing. You know, maybe, maybe in the Old Testament they were looking for the Messiah. They couldn't wait. When the Messiah comes, this will happen and that will happen. When, when, when this prophecy is fulfilled, they're always looking forward to the next big thing. You know what, folks? Our next big thing is the rapture. <laughs> Our next big thing is we'll meet him. We'll, we'll go up and we'll meet Jesus, but, but we're not looking for a new Savior. We're not looking for a new law. We're, it's all been complete in Christ and He is a priest forever. We have a permanent Savior. He's not a religious leader till the next one's elected. You know how some religions do that? You see, well, we've, we've got a new Pope. We've got a new high priest. We got, and, and then He dies and the next one comes along. We have a permanent one. It'll be forever and ever. Jesus Christ. I love it. Okay. I like the way I, I, I did read a quite a bit of, of Worsby this week. And here's what Warren Worsby says about this. Because I look at this promise and it, could anything be more sure? Could anything be so unchangeable? And Worsby says this. As the mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ is God's great surety. Our risen and ever-living Savior guarantees that the terms of God's covenant will be fulfilled completely. God will not abandon His people, but our Lord... But our Lord not only guarantees to us that God will fulfill the promises, as representative to God, He perfectly meets the terms of the agreement on our behalf. We of ourselves could never meet these terms, but because we have trusted Him, He has saved us, and He has guaranteed that He will keep us. You know, uh, back at chapter 6, if you remember, there were some scary verses we looked at about uh, the warnings to apostates and the dangers of falling away, and we dealt with all that. But I tell you what, I love the turn that this book is making now of the surety that we have in Jesus Christ, and that we have assurance and, and confidence, and we got stability. You don't have to live in fear. We've got Jesus. So, so far, the writer has given us three reasons why God changed the order of the priesthood from Aaron to Melchizedek. And in case you missed it, let me just tell you. First, the Aaronic priesthood of Aaron uh, was imperfect. It was weak. Okay? It, was, it wasn't able to make anyone perfect. Secondly, being imperfect, it just couldn't continue forever because it needed to be replaced. Third, God had sworn an oath. We just looked at that, that oath in, uh, from Psalm 110, that he swore an oath that a new order would be established. But now we're going to look at, as we finish off the chapter here, as the, the writer now tells us a fourth reason why Jesus or the order of Melchizedek replaces Aaron. 
Look at verse 23. And there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Yeah, death messes up things a lot, right? A lot of people are prevented by death. There's a lot of things prevented by death, right? I would keep doing this, but I died, sorry. <laughs> the priesthood, every high priest, and there was only one high priest at a time, and he had to stop because he died, all right? Yeah, you, you, you can't have any, have you ever heard of anybody having a permanent president or permanent dictator or permanent monarch for hundreds and hundreds of years? It can happen. Why? They all die. And so, as a high priest, they had to keep being replaced. I like the way it's worded here. It says, they were prevented by death from continuing. Yeah, death could kind of mess things up there, okay? So, uh, verse 24 then goes on to say, But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. I don't know if you figured it out by now. You know, Jesus did die. He rose again. He's never going to die again. He lives on and on. As a matter of fact, I love one of my favorite verses I memorized as a, as a brand new Christian, Hebrews 13, 8, that says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what I want. I don't want to be a part of a religion that, well, that's what we used to believe. We've changed. You know, a lot of the cults do that. And a lot of religions do that. Uh, we used to have this rule, but then that changed, and now we have that rule. We used to believe this, but then so-and-so came along, our great philosopher, theologian, and he changed it, and now we believe that. You have your sin. Boy, nowadays, a lot of the mainline religions or denominations are changing. They call it wokeness. They're changing their belief system, huh? <clears throat> Somebody doesn't like that. Yeah. Okay. So, Jesus, not only is he the same because he will never die, but he's also the same because he doesn't change his mind. His characters, his rules, his standards are the same. That's why we who live, you know, all these th hundreds of years after Jesus Christ, 2,000 years plus, uh, we, we still read the same Bible. We still follow the same Jesus. Because it's like, yeah, we had to write a different Bible because it got old-fashioned. No, we stay with the same one because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it means cons consistent security and confidence. Move along to verse 5. This could be a, excuse me, 25 is a memory verse for many of you. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is a, a famous verse, and I'm, I'll bet you there's probably been a few of you out there who's memorized this verse because it's powerful. But notice, I've heard a lot of people say he's able to serve, save from the uttermost. No, he's able to save to the uttermost, meaning um, he's going to take us all the way. To the uttermost means he's going to take us, he's going to complete the job and take us all the way. He's not, well, Jesus is good for half the journey. Then you're going to have to find somebody else to take you the rest of the way. No. If you trust in Jesus Christ, he's able to save you to the uttermost. He's going to take you all the way. He's going to complete the job. So to the uttermost, by the way, even in the Greek, you might have guessed it, it means completely. Okay? Uttermost is actually a picture of that, that word we looked at in verse 11 that says the law could make nothing perfect. And, and, and if, if perfection could come through the law, um, the uh, uttermost is perfect. 
Jesus can do what the law couldn't do. A picture of perfection in verse 11, which where the law fails at, that perfectly... Here's the thing. Trusting Jesus, what he, what he could do that the law couldn't, he gives you forgiveness of sins, and you don't have to keep having sacrifices over and over again. You could have your sins cleansed, you could be right with God, and you could have an ongoing relationship with God. The veil is torn down. The veil that once separated God and man in the, in the temple, it's torn because of Christ. So what the law couldn't do, Jesus did. I love it. So here's your next fill-in. The old saying, Jesus is able to save... Oh, I should tell you the story before I give you that word. I've heard a story of an old drunk. An old drunk who just was useless, always in the gutter, drinking, and just useless. And one day he met Jesus. He received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He got saved, started going to church. The Lord used him. He became involved in ministry, and then he started preaching. And he started preaching with the saying I'm going to say right here. Jesus is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. I like that. From the guttermost to the uttermost. Now, he's going to do a complete job, finished, all the way, perfection, uttermost. But you know what? It doesn't matter how low you are. It doesn't matter how far you've gone, how low you've, you've scooped, stooped. Because you, some people, and here's a common thing among Christians that I know. A lot of Christians feel like, well, God could never forgive me because of what I did. Any of you guys, don't raise your hand. Any of you guys ever feel that guilt trip that you go, oh man, if you knew what I've done, if you knew my past, you'd know there's no hope for me. That's the lie that the devil loves to whisper in the ears of God's people. But I want you to know the saying is true, though it's not an exact scripture quote. He's able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost because the blood of Jesus is able to wash away all sin. No matter how bad your sin, no matter how low you've stooped, no matter what you've done, God is able to forgive. As a matter of fact, I've told you before, one of my favorite verses that I, when I was going through Hebrews 6, I was telling you, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so grateful it doesn't say, if we confess our little sins... If we confess our sins and they're not too bad, no, sin, no matter what kind of sin, if we confess our sins, Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Dare you say that the sacrifice of God's only son, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of God himself was shed on the cross for you and it's not enough to cleanse your sin? Don't insult God that way because if you confess your sin, he's able to to forgive your sins. So that saying, if you missed it, Jesus is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. I like that. Okay, now, there is only one condition, actually. You go, well, what if, what if my sin is really bad? Or what if, you know, there, there is a condition. Let me read it to you in case you missed it. Back in verse 25, it says, <clears throat> therefore he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. You know what the condition is? You've got to go to Jesus. Well, I don't want to go to Jesus. I, I believe something different. Well, then, then you're in trouble. Okay? There is a condition. Then the condition is Jesus Christ. 
It's, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Folks, have I ever told you it's all about Jesus? And this is why. There it is. So can I tell you something, folks? I don't know how the devil's been playing with your head this week. I don't know what whispering the, the enemy's done in your head to where you're all messed up. Because what he usually tries to do is get you to hide from God, run from God, not turn to God, because God won't accept you. That's all a lie. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God's hands reaches out to you in Christ. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to wash you and make you new. Don't believe the lies of Satan because that's what he, that's a common lie that Satan will say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, but not for you. Not you, you're too bad. I like the way, uh, you know, one of those verses I always love to quote is 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let me quote it to you from one verse earlier that I, I think... You can't always put it all in there in context, but 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, I want to read my favorite verse next, but this is the job of every pastor. This is the job of every minister of God, and if God's called you in ministry in any way, then this is your calling. To go to others and say, as Christ's ambassador, we implore you, implore you to get right with God. Then comes that verse I quote all the time, that God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Folks, in case you missed it, if you've been here a while, you know you've heard it over and over again. But the only way anybody makes it to heaven is through this system that God made him who had no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know what? The only way I get to heaven, the only way anybody gets to heaven is not because, well, it was tough, but I kept all the rules. No. Well, it was tough, but I was able to keep a, a not sin. <clears throat> Sorry. You know how I'm going to, my confidence, how I'm going to make it to heaven? Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He was treated the way I deserved to be treated. All my sins were placed upon him and God turned his face away from my Savior. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God the Father turned away for the only time in all eternity and since. And he turned away because Jesus bore my sins. And now if I trust him as my Savior... The Bible says that God made him who had no sin to become sin for me, that I might become the righteousness of God. I don't know if I've told you this in a while. I sometimes wear this verse out, but it's what I call the divine swap. He took my sins, and he was treated the way I deserve to be treated. If I have faith in him, I take his righteousness. He gives me his righteousness. And now I'm treated the way Christ deserves to be treated. Is it fair? Uh-uh. It's amazing grace. If I got fair, I wouldn't make it. But I get amazing grace. And by the way, I'm talking on the first person about me. Because I don't know where you stand with God, but if you trust Christ as sal for salvation, it applies to you too. That all your sins get 
placed upon Jesus Christ. He was treated the way you deserve to be treated so that if you trust in him, let me read it again, God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, this took me so long to get. Because I was raised in a religion that all kinds of rules and regulations and always made you feel bad about everything. And, and everything was a sin, by the way. The religion I was raised in, there were sins that I'd committed that you can't even find in the Bible was a sin. And, and I felt guilty all the time. And I thought, how can I possibly be righteous? And once I learned this, once I learned this, it changed my life. Because now I realize that I was a sinner. Jesus took my sin, paid for my sin, was treated the way I deserve to be treated, so that if I trust in him, this man who used to be a sinner is now a saint, according to the scripture. And God looks at me, not as a sinner, but as a saint, because it says, God made him who knew no sinner become sin for me, that I might become do you get this? Are you listening? I might become the righteousness of God. What? Me? You don't know me. But I could become the righteousness of God. That means anybody who gets to heaven, they get in completely and perfectly. They get in because they are walking in with the righteousness of God. The righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. And there's no doubt about you making it into heaven with the righteousness of God. Huh? Am I spending too much time on this? <clears throat> I don't think so. Because this is what most people miss in the cults and in false religion. They're always trying to get you to jump through the hoops, to keep all the rules and commandments, and to dress a certain way, to look a certain way, to talk a certain way. Because you are a sinner and you're never going to make it in unless you keep all the rules. And then I read the verse that God made him who knew no sin become sin for me. In order that as I trust in him, I might become the righteousness of God in him. <sighs> Folks, I, let me tell you something. I'm not bragging. I'm not proud of myself, but I'm proud of Christ. And I'm bragging of Christ. And I'm righteous because of him. It's and now I have no fear of hell. I'm going to heaven. Jesus, he's the resurrection. We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.